0: Constant Contact's email and digital marketing tools have been helping small businesses build better customer relationships for over 25 years. And things just got better because now you can add SMS marketing to drive even more results. With SMS, you can easily grab customers' attention right where they are, on their phones. Send timely offers, personalized messages, important updates, and other unique information to boost engagement and drive response go to constantcontact.com to get started for free. Welcome back to the Great Unsolved Podcast. I'm your host, Alexis, and this week we are talking about the disappearance of Bryce Las Pisa. Before we get into it, make sure to follow #GreatUnsolved Unsolved on Twitter, #GreatUnsolvedPod Unsolved Pod on Instagram, join our Facebook group, and like our Facebook page, both of which can be done by searching Unsolved on Facebook. We also have a Patreon where there are tons of Patreon only episodes, a monthly bonus episode, and more. Please be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. It just helps us show up a little bit easier to people who are searching for unsolved true crime podcasts. Let's get into the case of Bryce Pisa. Bryce disappeared on August 30th of 2013 from Lake Castaic, California. He was 19 years old at the time, 5 foot 11, 170 pounds, with bright red slash orange hair and blue eyes. A big identifying factor on him is the tattoo of a Taurus bull on his left shoulder. Bryce was born and raised in Springfield, Illinois. He was an only child to his bio mom. And at around two years old, he was adopted by his stepfather. He loved art, photography, painting, and it's said he had a lot of friends growing up. It's also said he was a good student and pretty laid back. Bryce graduated from Naperville High School in Illinois in 2012. His parents, Mike and Karen, had recently retired, so the three moved to Laguna Niguel in Orange County, California. Shortly after moving there, Bryce moved to Chico, California, about seven hours away to study graphic industrial design at Sierra College, which was a community college in the area. In August of 2013, Bryce moved from his parents' home back to Chico, California, and into an apartment with his roommate. This was said to be about two weeks before classes started. He had spent the whole summer with his parents— and he was ready to get back to school. August 26th was the first day of classes, and according to his mom, who he called after his classes, he seemed very excited about the school year and about his classes in general. However, others report that by August 27th, Bryce had been awake for 48 to 72 hours because of recreationally using Vyvanse, which was a ADHD drug. Apparently, we know this because he actually admitted it to his girlfriend, and this worried her. His roommate said he was also consuming a lot of alcohol. He was drinking liquor every day and up to two-fifths a weekend. The same day, Bryce tried to give his friend roommate his Xbox and a pair of diamond earrings that were special to him since they were a gift from his mother. This is often a sign of somebody who may be ready to commit suicide, and that is why it is so prevalent in this case. On August 27th, Bryce also broke up with his girlfriend. He sent her a text saying, quote, you're better off without me, end quote. And he sent a text to his roommate slash friend saying, quote, I love you, bro. Seriously, you're the best person I've ever met. You've saved my soul, end quote. Both of these individuals say that Bryce started becoming withdrawn, erratic, and depressed days before they received these text messages. So it seems while he was putting on a good front for his mother, he was not doing well at all according to anyone else. On August 28th at around 10pm, Bryce is at his now ex-girlfriend's home. This ex-girlfriend took his keys. So Karen, Bryce's mom, receives a call from Bryce's phone and finds out that Kim, the girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, had taken Bryce's keys because she was concerned about his behavior and thought he was not okay to drive. Bryce told his mom about the breakup and this probably made it seem like Kim was just overreacting at the time. Because of this, apparently Karen was not that worried and she convinced Kim to give Bryce his keys back. However, we will later find out that earlier that same night, Sean, Bryce's roommate and friend, actually called Karen as well and expressed concern about Bryce and his behavior. So many find it really odd that Karen was not more concerned and actually convinced Kim to give him his keys back. At some point that night, Karen did offer to fly up the next day, but Bryce told her not to and said, quote, I have a lot to talk to you about, end quote. We'll obviously never find out what he had to talk to her about, but there is a lot of speculation online, including drugs, sexuality, dropping out of school. There's a lot of different things people have theories on. So Karen just tells Bryce to go home and go to sleep. However, at 11.30 p.m., Bryce leaves Chico and head towards his parents' home, which is seven hours away. On August 29th of 2013, at around 1 a.m., Bryce calls his mother Karen, and she believes he is at his house, but he was actually an hour south of his house at this point. At 9 a.m., we know that Bryce calls roadside assistance when he runs out of gas near Buttonwillow rest area. However, Karen and Mike don't find this out until 11 a.m. when their insurance notifies them. They tried to call Bryce, but he was not answering his phone at that time. So Karen and Mike, having access to the credit card records, find out where the gas was from, and they call Christian, the owner of Castro Tire and Gas in Buttonwillow, and ask him about when he brought their son, Gas, earlier that morning. Christian tells Karen that he brought Bryce three gallons of gas around 9 a.m., and he even offered to go back and check on Bryce now to see if he was still there. He does say Bryce's eyes were red, but other than that, he seemed okay. So around 12.30 p.m., Christian goes back to the Buttonwillow rest area and finds Bryce in the exact same spot. He tells him that his parents are worried about him, and then he calls Karen and Mike back to tell them that Bryce hadn't moved. When Bryce talks to his parents, he agrees to drive the three hours to his parents' home, and he leaves the rest area. When it hits 6 p.m. and Bryce still is not home, his parents file a missing persons report with Orange County. Officers use Bryce's phone data to find Bryce's location, and find him only a few miles away from where he left the rest area about five and a half hours earlier. It's said that they searched Bryce's car and found no alcohol or drugs, and they did a field sobriety test, which made Bryce seem perfectly fine at the time. Officers tell Bryce that his parents are worried about him and tell Bryce to call his parents. However, Bryce seems pretty reluctant, to call his parents but eventually did anyway and karen tells bryce to just come home i'm assuming he agreed to because the police left and he hung up the phone with karen however in between 8 and 8 30 p.m karen calls christian again to see if he could go check on bryce who is not home yet she wanted christian to go check if bryce was still in the same area the police found him and he was However, becoming worried this time, Christian follows Bryce onto I-5 and is said to follow him for about 30 minutes before getting off and going back to his home. On his way home, he calls Karen and Mike and says that Bryce is for sure on his way home now. At around 10 p.m., Karen and Bryce speak again and she asks, what are you doing? And Bryce basically just says that he is blowing off steam. Some reports state that Karen and Bryce talked again at 11 p.m. and he told Karen that he was at a gas station getting a drink. Some reports don't say this. Also, some other reports say that August 30th at 12 a.m., Bryce tells his mom he is on I-5, but some other reports don't report this either. Obviously, he should have been on I-5 if he was on his way home, so I'm not sure if that's what really happened. On August 30th at 2 a.m., Bryce calls his mother for the last time. He tells her he is super tired and he can't drive any longer, so he was going to pull off on a side road and sleep. Karen agrees that Bryce should do this, although Bryce was only said to be about an hour to two hours from home, so it seems like any other parent, at least that I've seen commenting online, or I know my parents would come get me. If I was acting that odd, they would come get me. And I believe most parents would. And this is a big source of controversy within the case. If Karen and Mike knew Bryce was sitting somewhere for this long, why did they not go get him? At 2.15 a.m., we later find surveillance footage that shows Bryce's car driving up a hill near Lake Castaic. Rather than going to sleep, like he told his mother he was going to just 15 minutes before. At 4.30 a.m., the same camera sees Bryce's car going up the same hill again, and that is the last time we see his car. It's unknown what he was doing for these 2 hours and 15 minutes, but a lot of people, including police I believe, think he was driving around this whole time, which does not match up with what he told his mother, but none of his stories really match up through this entire case. At 8 a.m., the Las Pizzas get a knock on their door, and they believe it's Bryce, but it is actually the police. They tell them that Bryce's car was found flipped on its side at Lake Castaic at a 25-foot drop. The back window is broken from the inside out. There was only two drops of blood inside, But Bryce's laptop, phone, wallet, and other important things were still inside. Outside of the car, there was an open duffel bag. It's unknown what was in it, but it seems like something was taken out whenever Bryce left. Obviously, Bryce is nowhere to be found, so the searches begin. Nine days later, I'm unsure why it took nine days, but bloodhounds are brought in. Two separate dogs track Bryce's scent from the car over a road, and to a truck stop where it ends. Generally, when a smell ends in the middle of a road or a parking lot or something like that, it points to that person getting in a car. So with this theory, it kind of looks like Bryce was picked up by a trucker or hitchhiked or something along those lines. Some people think that he walked this way and then he doubled back and drown himself in the lake, even though Bryce's body has never been found, despite thorough searches. But when I looked at how treacherous this road would be in the dark, if he was doing this around 4.30 or 5 a.m., it's not an easy walk. It's uphill, downhill, you're going past streets, and it's dark. So it seems very unlikely he would walk all the way to the truck stop, which I believe was over a mile away and then walk back rather than just go in the lake right away. On September 4th of 2013 charred remains are found near the lake and they were thought to be Bryce, but it's later found out that they don't match Bryce. I do still find this very odd because it is so close to when Bryce disappeared. It's only four or five days later. And it just seems like an odd coincidence. In 2017, a skull was also found not too far from Lake Castaic, but it was also proven not to be Bryce's. So before we get into theories, this is a case that I can't cover without looking at a few controversial things online, within the family, that type of thing. Through media interviews and newspaper articles and quotes from Bryce's parents, it seems that they want to portray a picture-perfect life. But that's not really how it was. They always say Bryce didn't have a drinking problem, he didn't drink a lot, and he didn't do drugs. But we absolutely know he did do drugs, he was drinking a lot. So the parents are wrong here. A possible friend on Reddit also says that Bryce drank with his parents that summer and while he might not have drank a lot with his parents that does kind of contradict what they're saying and portraying to the public they just kind of try and portray him as the perfect child however bryce was really open on social media about having legal trouble being in community service having his license taken away he wasn't ashamed of that he kind of just put it out there you know i did what i did This is what happened. That's that's it. And I think that's a good thing to do. I think what his parents are doing is a little bit delusional, just not acknowledging it. And I get it. Their son is missing and they might only want to remember the good parts. But you got to remember everything in every case. Otherwise, it does not help out the people trying to find your son. Some comments on Bryce's social media from friends also show he seemed to be kind of like the party friend, the drunk friend, which there's, not, there's nothing wrong with that, but it does lend itself to what people have said about his mental state when he went missing. So overall, the parents just seem to be in denial about Bryce's issues. This has to have us question if the parents could be withholding info about Bryce that could benefit his case because they want to keep this picture-perfect, perfect perfect child life to the media, to the public. They also say they would have known he wasn't depressed or anything else because he would have told them. A lot of parents say that it's almost never the case because you're not going to talk to your parents about that generally. And it makes me wonder if the relationship was actually like that. Or did the parents just want people to think so after Bryce went missing? Because I won't get into it, but there is a lot of Reddit posts from people who say they knew the family, they knew Bryce, or they still know the family. And they said Bryce and his parents did not have a great relationship. They say that they were kind of narcissistic and controlling, and Bryce didn't like that. But... We'll get into that more with the theories. Also, if they were so close to Bryce, then why didn't they go get him? Especially when they knew he was only a few hours away for so long, or even when he stopped to sleep and he was not that far away from their house. Obviously, they were still awake because Karen answered the phone when Bryce pulled off the road, so it just seems odd that they would not go get him. Bryce could have been hiding all his issues and his depression and his substance abuse from his parents but it seems like there were too many issues in his life to just completely not notice so it seems like they kind of ignored signs that Bryce was spiraling out of control before his disappearance. Now let's look at some things we need to talk about with Bryce. Obviously, he had legal trouble in the past, and he was on probation until July of 2013, so right before he went missing. He drank a lot and had for a while, according to friends. It's alleged that he did lots of drugs and would seek them out at parties. Some people have said Bryce would pretty much do any drug you handed him, but that is unconfirmed. Another alleged thing is that Bryce's parents threatened to cut him off if he did drugs again and this plays into the theories as well because obviously Bryce was doing drugs at the time he went missing. He was doing Vyvanse and maybe he was so nervous about being cut off or talking to his parents about it that he just disappeared. A possible friend source states that Bryce was getting paranoid even while just smoking marijuana shortly before his disappearance, which could show us a little more into his mental state if that is true. Bryce's behavior was obviously pretty worrying if it caused his roommate to call his mom. The roommate says Bryce was hallucinating, talking to things, he was paranoid, and I think it has to be a pretty big... Red flag if your college roommate calls your parents about something, because that's just normally something that does not happen. Supposedly, when Bryce went to Kim's house the last night he was in Chico, California, her roommate even noticed he was acting completely different. Apparently, he was normally quiet and loving and just the sweet boyfriend, but this night he was kind of loud, erratic, a little bit aggressive, And it was just a complete 180 from his normal behavior. So everybody was worried about Bryce. Multiple people expressed it to his mother. His parents didn't seem that worried. And that is cause for confusion for a lot of people in this case. So let's look at the theories. Number one is that Bryce voluntarily disappeared. Maybe Bryce wanted to get away from his controlling parents and disappeared if his parents were in fact controlling, or maybe Bryce wanted to drop out of school or do something that he knew his parents would not approve of and he didn't want to face them and tell them about it, so he thought it was easier to just disappear. If he did voluntarily disappear, since he has not resurfaced after almost 10 years We have to look at the possibility that he was killed by foul play or an accident after disappearing, but it's also possible that he is in a homeless community somewhere in California as there are large homeless communities where he could hide, maybe he was living off the grid, or maybe he got a new identity. The evidence that points to a voluntary disappearance is that Bryce's scent stopped at the truck stop which most likely means he got into a car. We don't know if that was willingly or he got kind of kidnapped. We don't know. Also, his car was seen to accelerate when it was going down the 25-foot drop. So somehow, by the tire marks, police can tell that Bryce was accelerating when he went off that drop and crashed his car. This would generally point towards suicide, trying to hurt yourself in the crash, kill yourself in the crash. But Bryce wasn't there. He left. There was only two drops of blood. So it could have been a stage to suicide or something to distract people from finding him quickly. Bryce also left his identification behind, his wallet, his laptop. All the stuff he had in his car was left behind, besides whatever might have been taken out of that duffel bag. So if he was leaving to go get a cab or go get help or something, you would think he would at least bring his wallet or his phone, but he brought nothing, which kind of suggests he purposefully brought nothing. A lot of people believe that the VIVANS mixed with alcohol really contributed to Bryce's disappearance, and maybe he was in a deep drug psychosis. Vivans is an ADHD drug. It is a stimulant, so it kind of helps essentially focus the brain and it'll keep you awake. It gives you some energy. And people believe that's why he was taking it. He was taking it to stay awake and supposedly play video games, which is why he was awake for 48 to 72 hours just before he went missing. Most stimulants, including Vivans, Adderall, things like that, are addictive. And if you're not prescribed it, it is that much easier to get addicted to it because your brain doesn't really need it. Another main point is that you are not supposed to drink on Vivans. You can develop heart problems from this. You can get alcohol poisoning. You can have an alcohol overdose. And there's a lot of symptoms you can get with this, including tremors, restlessness, twitching, rapid breathing, panic, hallucinations, confusion, anxiety, nausea, shock, which some of these could tell us why Bryce was acting the way he was. His roommate says he was hallucinating, talking to things, he was paranoid, and this could point to confusion and hallucinations from a Vivans overdose. So a lot of people believe that Rice developed drug psychosis from the Vivans and alcohol, and it caused him to go crazy. This could have caused him to stage his suicide or disappearance or forget who he was and leave. This also could have happened when he crashed the car. He could have gotten a head injury, forgotten who he was, and left. But that kind of seems unlikely because of how much contact he had with people before he went missing and how weird his behavior was before he went missing. It wasn't just a spur of the moment, forgot who he was, and he left. There was a lot going on far before that. Another huge theory in this case is suicide. He was using drugs, alcohol. He had supposedly controlling parents. And any one of these or a mix of these could have been too much or the psychosis could have caused depression. Substance abuse, alcohol, mixing those two things together, all of that can cause depression and it can cause really deep depression. So maybe it did cause depression and he started contemplating suicide or maybe before he was taking these drugs and alcohol, he was contemplating suicide or was at least depressed. And then he did alcohol and drugs to try and self-medicate and it just pushed him over the edge. One huge thing pointing to this is that he did try and give his roommate his Xbox and his diamond earrings that were a gift from his mother. When people start to contemplate suicide, they start to give away their prized possessions to people they love because they know they're not going to need it anymore. So they want people they love to have it and feel like they're allowed to have it. Another big thing pointing towards Bryce committing suicide is that he was sitting outside of Buttonwillow for... I believe it was like six to like 10 hours. I'm not 100% sure. I don't have it in front of me. But a lot of people contemplate suicide for a long time. If you look at the case of Michelle Carter and Conrad Roy, you can see that he was contemplating it big time and he needed somebody else to push him over the edge for him to even actually commit suicide. So Bryce could have been contemplating it for a very long time. Sometimes people aren't sure, and they'll go by themselves and think about it. And it kind of seems this is what Bryce was doing because he sat there so long. Another theory on why he sat there so long is that he was waiting for a drug dealer to get more Vivans or maybe even something stronger. But because the police checked on him and Bryce still did not move his location, seems kind of unlikely that he was waiting for a drug dealer because that would just not be smart to stay in the same location. Obviously, the car accelerating to go down that 25-foot drop points to suicide. Why would you accelerate down a huge drop if you wanted to live? That just doesn't seem logical. But it didn't work, so maybe he left and killed himself somewhere else Maybe in the lake, despite it being searched very thoroughly. Maybe in the forest nearby. Maybe he went to the truck stop, had someone bring him far away, and that's where he did it. Or maybe, once again, he lost his memory in the crash and just left his life. The last theory is an accident. Drugs and or alcohol caused him to drive off the cliff, or maybe he didn't know it was a cliff. Apparently at night, if you are looking at this, it looks like the water's right there, which still does not make tons of sense why he would accelerate if he thought he was going to go into the water, but he may not have known it was a cliff. Maybe after doing this, he was badly injured, but he walked off and died somewhere where they have not found him or he walked off and succumbed to the elements. These are two theories, but they don't really hold a lot of traction because there have been a lot of searches in the area. It is kind of concluded by police and most people that Bryce is probably not in Lake Castaic. It has been searched many times. The parents have hired dive teams and robot dive teams to look in the lake, and supposedly it's not that huge of a lake. So... He hasn't been found, it's unlikely that he's in there. Also, his scent led away from the lake, and like I said before, some people think he doubled back, but that just doesn't seem plausible. I don't know if the rumors about his parents being controlling are true, but I think the most likely explanation is that he left on his own accord. He might not be alive now, he could have met foul play, an accident could have happened, he could have committed suicide at some other time. But leaving his identification behind, purposefully crashing his car, purposefully waiting for hours in a city, just makes sense that he was planning to never make it home. And it just doesn't make sense that he committed suicide around there because his body has never been found. looking into the case of Bryce Pisa with me it is a case that has always really confused me it just doesn't make sense why he would sit in Buttonwillow only a few hours away from his parents house for almost an entire day it also doesn't make sense where he went why his car was crashed none of it makes sense and in a lot of unsolved cases a lot of things don't make sense but especially in this one I would love to hear your theories on this case because this one has always fascinated me and I don't know why it took me so long to cover, but that is the case of Bryce Las Pisa. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Great Unsolved, on Instagram at Great Unsolved Pod. Join our Facebook group and like our Facebook page, both of which can be done by searching Great Unsolved on Facebook. If you want more episodes from me, you can join our Patreon where there are tons of Patreon-only episodes, a monthly bonus episode, and you get these episodes ad-free. Remember to rate us five stars on wherever you listen to us. It just helps us show up a little better. And other than that, just stay safe and have a great week. <coughs> a special motorcycle weather report from progressive and today's forecast expect a steady breeze with a hundred percent chance of twisting down those country back roads gleefully on your motorcycle some will want you others will want to be you and animals everywhere will yearn for opposable thumbs just to work death throttle like you do <laughs> on nature's cruel design that's your forecast back to you this has been a special motorcycle weather report from progressive where every day's a beautiful day to ride with 24 7 roadside assistance from america's number one motorcycle insurer progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and they require comprehensive coverage